Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. As always, I'm your host, Ian, joined by my co-host, Philip, and our smarter co-host, Kyle. How are we doing? What's up? We're doing great. I'm feeling very tangible today, not software defined. Okay, <laughs> that's a problem because we are talking about a software defined wide area network today, SD WAN. So, where do we want to start, boys? That's the question I posed to Kyle here. I mean, we always kind of start with what is it? So, I guess we can start there and then. Kyle, I, I feel like it's a buzzword that we throw around a lot right now with a lot of our suppliers, but it does feel like this one has some holes that we might fall down. Yeah, I, I, I think it could. I think the SD WAN market is fairly well defined these days. It's not as nebulous as something like telephony or SIP or some of these just wide band technology terms we've used in the past, but I guess beginning at the close to the beginning. SD-WAN is, as you said in the opener, it's software-defined. It's a version or an application of software-defined networking, uh, specifically focused on wide area networking. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a 2000s adaptation of networking that's really come to market to address issues with deployment of networks, issues with managing of networks, creating more efficient networks, all those things. But let's say at the at the very root of what software defined networking is or software defined wide area networking is, it's the separation of if you, you google it, it'll say the separation of the control plane and the forwarding plane, but it's really the separation of the devices that are doing the routing of traffic from their management, from their control, and putting the control or and or the orchestration of the network into a cloud environment where it can be centrally managed. And it really doesn't matter how many physical devices you have on your network or defining your network. They can all be centrally managed. So that's where the that's where the real value comes in for SD WAN is that that central management as well as some of the other kind of central policy implementations where you can have things like failover and et cetera. But we can dig into all kinds of things. Deployment, how it eases deployment of networks, how it eases the management of networks. But it's really, again, at its root, it's really just separating the control or the management of the network from the physical devices. So we move from local management to basically cloud management of a wide area network. Is this heavily beneficial to the user or more beneficial to usually an IT department? Yeah, so I would say both. And I hate that answer. I hate having, I hate four questions and then going, well, it's really both. That's such a cop-out answer. But if you make me pick one, it's more advantageous to the administrators of the network, the people managing the network, than it is the actual user. 
where it would benefit the user. So let's say you're, we're talking about a enterprise that has multiple branch locations. Before SD-WAN, anybody that's sitting inside one of those branch locations that wants to browse the internet, Phil's sitting at his computer and he wants to look up cat videos on YouTube and he, he punches in some search terms and hits go, that request to retrieve media or data off of the internet routes through your local branch network and then traverses some wide area network, something, some external connection. And usually in that environment where it's there's branch offices and a headquarters, usually that traffic routes from you through your branch to the headquarters so that it can then be checked and make sure that it's okay, that it doesn't violate any policies that you're watching cat videos, and then it hits the internet. And so there's there could be latency issues. And usually that's where you start to see slowness in applications and slowness in response time for any external data that's coming back in. That's where the user is impacted or would have been impacted prior to SD-WAN. Now with SD-WAN, all of the policy and the routing and the rules for whether or not you are supposed to be searching YouTube for cat videos, that can all be done in the cloud. And then your traffic can go straight from your branch location to the internet. So it streamlines that. But my answer to your question is, is the biggest benefit is in management. If you think about deploying a new physical branch office, I mean, we're, we're a large public company that's grown through acquisition. Anytime we acquire a new company or if we go build a new office, we have to deploy networking in those locations to connect back to our main network. And if you imagine having to physically deploy those networks, like shipping engineers with equipment to the site to plug them all in and pull up command windows and doing CLI commands to program switches, like it's tough and error prone and all the things. So SD-WAN eliminates all that. You can literally ship product, take it out of the box, plug it in. No, no, all you need is smart hands. You don't need an engineer to deploy it. And the, the orchestration within SD-WAN configures that device for you. So it's, it makes it much, much easier. I keep saying it, but you guys get it. SD-WAN and the components of, of SD-WAN make it much easier for network administrators to manage and deploy a network, especially in an environment where there's multiple locations. So while you explained all of that so eloquently, my brain heard one thing. <laughs> and that's Meraki. Yeah. Because Meraki kind of where this came to light, like was this, I mean, they are often attributed with obviously the foundations or informing of cloud networking. So were they kind of where this was brought to light? Because it seems like a lot of this is stuff that we take for granted now, but it is still kind of more of a leading edge concept, no? Yeah, it's so I mean, software defined networking, forget the WAN part of it, but software defined networking has been around since the late 2000s. And SD WAN as an application of software defined networking started showing up in publications in the mid teens. So 
it didn't trail this true separation of control and management and, and physical. It didn't trail by very far. So obviously, you know, plug our sponsors here. Obviously, Cisco and the Meraki line have commercialized it in a in a very impactful way to where you're starting to associate the two words, right? So how, from a policy standpoint, and obviously it may vary by vendor, and in this case, we're talking about Meraki, what does the intelligence around this look like and how much is it, you know, I'm sure at some point it was like, oh, I can control every little thing from the cloud. I can do every, but I have to do everything. How much is it morphing towards a more automated network? Like an intuitive network? Yep. Yeah. So that's a that's a good question. It's So you centralize the management of devices into one location, allowing humans, network administrators to centrally manage an, a wide area network. The next logical step is to introduce automation, machine learning, AI into that where policies can either be changed or implemented automatically or on the fly based off of threats, based off of a circuit going down in a certain location and face so that all that traffic fails over to another circuit. You can have rules in place so that, you know, specific equipment like the boardroom has prioritization over cat video traffic. So, you know, all of those things can get built in either upfront and plan for ahead of time, or you can use automation and machine learning and things like that to actually create that stuff on the fly as events are happening. So that you can't do that outside of a software defined world. You're, you're physically, sometimes physically connected to switches and routers and access points and things like that and manually configuring them and manually configuring policies which means every time you deploy a new device in a non-software-defined world, you're having to do that same configuration over and over and over again, essentially manually. We all know there's steps in, in, in shortening or uh, making deployments more efficient, but th- the point is still the same. You still have humans that are configuring devices manually in order to deploy networks outside of the SD or software-defined networking world. So that automation piece, Phil, is that's that's critical. That's a critical difference in how networks are evolving now. So is that? And this is a dumb question, Kyle. What we're here for? That's right. I know, <laughs> but it's like I'm trying to word it so it doesn't I mean, sound is a, dumb. Safe zone, buddy. This is a safe. It's no dumb questions, just dumb people. <laughs> no, I'm one of them. <laughs> is that where the software comes into play and makes? We hear this concept of an intuitive network is that that that's where the software is coming in and saying, okay, you're from the central controller. You've gone in and selected that you don't want people watching cat videos, but now your network's learning and, and learning where traffic is being routed to. Is that the SD part of this? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of elements to it. There's uh, there's orchestration, which is where is, is what you're asking about. That's where all of the policies get created. It's the configuration of devices, et cetera. And then there's the separate part that's also software defined is the control. And that think of that as a as a sock or a knock where somebody's sitting there at a single pane of glass and they can see the network 
and interact with all of the edge devices, all the physical devices that are deployed out there. So the orchestration piece for sure is where you're starting to see the intuitive networks, smart network, whatever you want to, whatever buzzword you want to call it. But yeah, that's where all of the automated policy changes happen is in that software component of the orchestrator. So it's, you know, again, the examples I was given earlier, you can you can compound those. You can have things like looking for jitter and responding to QoS and responding to alarms. But yeah, that's that's the point. That's that's where the the software becomes the key part of the differentiation between this type of network and a whatever you want to call the old one, a physical network, a hardware based network. Okay, so I have a follow up question then. Will we see, and it seems like we maybe already are, things like artificial intelligence, which we've talked about previously on this show, being integrated so that this smart network gets smarter? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we'd have to. The real value in uh, in SD-WAN, I think, to an enterprise is in efficiency and you can lower some costs and we, we can get into you know, bandwidth and what does SD-WAN mean to MPLS and all of those types of things. But from a, how do we make this software defined network smarter? Yeah. These other technologies we've been talking about in the podcast here for sure come into play. And the more analytics that you can create within your network, the smarter that network can become. And, And again, without humans calling the shots. So you touched on MPLS for a second there. How is SD-WAN versus MPLS and the expense to a company, to a user, what does that look like? Yeah, so that's that's one of the big, I don't I, I want to call it a conflict, but it's not a conflict between SD-WAN and MPLS. So MPLS is, is a version of an external connection from a business or physical location to some other location. That's that's way too vague to be meaningful at all. Uh, but the point in MPLS circuits have always been that they're, they're guaranteed bandwidth. They're guaranteed connection, always up. There's an SLA. So you're paying a premium for a dedicated circuit. You're paying a premium for MPLS to ensure that your mission-critical applications always have access to data. And that can be the internet or it can be between a branch location and a headquarters. It doesn't matter. The point is you, when you have two physically distant systems, one that's consuming data and one that's requesting data, to traverse a network to get the data back and forth, the internet's involved. And if you're, you, we all know this, if you're just, putting requests for data out on the internet, things hop all over the world to get to wherever that data is. And there's no guarantee of any type of response times. There's no guarantee of quality of service, et cetera. So that's where MPLS came into the market was to address that for mission critical applications where you wanted to have guaranteed uptime, where you wanted to have guaranteed bandwidth, you would pay a premium for these MPLS circuits. Now, SD-WAN won't replace MPLS completely. MPLS circuits can be managed 
in an SD-WAN environment because it's one of the connections that a customer might have between their business and their data. It won't necessarily replace it in that regard, but the benefits to SD-WAN and all the efficient routing and making sure traffic gets where it's supposed to go, all the policy, all of those types of things, will lessen the need to have so much data on an MPLS circuit. So again, if you're paying the premium because you have mission critical data, you're probably never going to disconnect it. You're you're probably always going to have some version of uh, MPLS circuits. Now, the market is driving the cost of them down. SD-WAN is introducing opportunities for customers to get away from MPLS for non-mission critical applications and use the benefits of SD-WAN at a much lower cost, much, much lower cost, but it won't ever fully replace it. So when I started this answer, I was like, yeah, there's this conflict. I mean, you can see all kinds of data, not data. You can see all kinds of people opining on the internet about whether or not SD-WAN is going to kill MPLS or whether or not they can coexist. And to me, they're they're different. They're similar use cases, but there's enough difference there that uh, those dedicated SLA-driven circuits, always-on circuits, will still have a place. So it sounds like there's a lot of power and, and capabilities with SD-WAN, Kyle. And I go back to the old Peter Parker principle here. With great power comes great responsibility. And you know I love to talk network security. So from me listening to you explaining this to me and possibly some of my own research, it seems like security was a large care about in the development of SD-WAN and and kind of the direction it's going. Yeah, if I dare continue our our string of callbacks to previous podcasts, this is a good opportunity to call back to the Wi-Fi 6 and 5G podcast because we talked about how the networks in that space, which is which is my same answer here, the networks are expanding to include more physical devices. And the more physical devices that you have, the larger the attack vector for bad actors. The more software is deployed and virtualization is deployed in management of networks, the larger the attack vector for bad actors. So there's a lot of parallels between our conversations around 5G and is it truly secure and what's all the FUD around that and your question here in the SD-WAN space. So did SD-WAN come about to address security concerns? I don't think that was one of the primary reasons. It for sure does help address it because, again, the more physical devices you have on the edge of your network, the more holes you potentially have in your network. And if you're manually administering those devices, how are you keeping up with patches? How are you? How often are you logging in and ensuring that you don't have uh, out-of-date policy in place, et cetera? So the, as you centralize the management of uh, all your edge devices in an SD-WAN environment, you naturally introduce a higher level of security. But naturally, this is this is software. I mean, it's in the name. So you, you got to consider the cybersecurity element of your orchestration and your controller 
it's all software sitting somewhere, either you're running it local or you're running apps in the cloud to orchestrate and control your network. But at the location, I think SD-WAN does nothing but enhance the, the network security. It's a great positive for uh, deploying SD-WAN. I'm not sure it's necessarily one of the driving factors. That's uh, my humble opinion. Okay, so follow up to that then. When it feels like we're headed here, and I'm, I'm taking that as a generalization from several of our previous episodes as well, but it feels like the adoption of the cloud and the acceptance of software in our lives, whether it be payments or our networks, is becoming generally accepted. So this feels like the, the future, I guess. And is that is this going to become kind of the new standard or do you think there'll still be a place for just the wide area networks of old? No, I think this, this has to become the standard. And, and there's a bunch of reasons that I could provide there, but I think one of the primary ones is that I don't want to minimize this, but SD-WAN almost becomes bring your own device. There's this concept of commercial off-the-shelf equipment for deploying edge devices at the network. But the point being, you don't need a highly specialized, very expensive piece of physical equipment to deploy a wide area network anymore. You, you can almost literally buy any device and then centrally manage it in an SD-WAN environment. And that brings your cost to deploy the network way, way down. And again, I, I keep talking about it makes it easier to deploy because you can push configs and all this stuff to the devices. You don't have to be on site to configure them. This is the future. This is the way it's going. You will still find the consumer's home. That kind of network is still going to be managed locally because there's just not enough benefit. Now, the carriers that are providing this stuff may have managed services. Well, they'll manage it for you. But when you look at enterprise, especially enterprise with multiple locations, I don't see us going back. So you say that, that not in the consumer level, but I do feel like some routers allow you to do traffic modeling and, and bandwidth throttling, no? Yeah, they do. And But you are having to configure them, right? So I mean... Correct. You're right. So it's not software defined. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And even if you look at the the real consumer focused products like mesh networks, like that's not even really software defined networking. It, but it for sure it hits on some of the other points that we've talked about. It's easy to deploy. You don't have to manually configure all the devices. They are centrally managed. So there's some very some similarities between consumer mesh networks. And what we've been talking about in SD-WAN. But yeah, it's the the consumer products. There's just not enough. I, I Again, my opinion, not enough uh, value in having those things centrally managed. You're, you're usually one, it's one location, one endpoint, your house with whatever devices you have in it that need managing. And either you're doing that or your carrier is doing it. Any last thoughts? I think I'm good. Yep. I feel smarter. Every Friday. Well, that's great. Uh, and I'm doing my job. Kyle, anything else? Anything you wanted on the record? I know you said before, you made, you made some, some comments off the record that SD-WAN 
maybe wasn't the sexiest of products. That's right. It's yeah, it's really not. We've been talking about it. Uh, I know you guys, you know, you do some marketing here and there. We've been talking about it in other circles and trying to come up with ways of illustrating SD WAN. I'm like, well, you just you gotta take pictures of routers and switches, maybe maybe an access point with some antennas on it. But this this is not sexy technology. I like it. I, I always love a take. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kyle, as always. Uh, look forward to talking next time. We appreciate it. Yep. Me too. Take care, guys. See ya. Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco Security. Security is a top concern for all customers in a growing global market rich in recurring revenue. Don't just sell the products. Win by selling security business valuable in a scalable architectural approach with best-of-breed products and threat intelligence with Cisco. Profit from an ongoing relationship with your customers today.